Hello all, welcome to ADD Masterminds. I'm John Howie, um, but I'm actually going to be going under a different name on the podcast going forward. Um, I've just decided to kind of like separate my online persona and my personal persona. So instead of John Howie, I'm going to go with Bridge of Watt from here on in. Um, hope that's not too confusing for you all, but um, that's kind of my public persona. So now that I've explained myself, <laughs> I'm also here <laughs> with Jeff Dornick. Hey there. And Jimmy. 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 I am a person. <laughs> Jimmy Humphrey. I forgot your last name <laughs> for a minute there. Right. I was going to say Jimmy's table, but like whatever. Right. We're here talking with Jimmy's table. Um. I'm getting like a weird like thunder cloudy thing sound. Are you getting that? Yeah. That might be you, Jeff. Might be me, huh? Is it storming over there? Uh, in California it's storming. It does not happen. <laughs> it sounds like he's in the wildfires. <laughs> yeah, that could be that. Oh, man. Want to try maybe reconnecting? Yeah, sure. Let me, let me, let me call you right back. Oh, storm's over. You okay there, Jeff? Uh, I'm still alive, so that's good. Well, that's good. Well, I mean, you have, like, eternal summer there in California, don't you? Well, I mean, you know, we have, we have freezing cold winters of, like, 58 degrees, so, you know, we, we have to really sucker through it. <laughs> I don't even know what 58 is in real temperatures, <laughs> so, anyways... I like being Canadian centric, but we yeah, don't talk politics. Go. So, yeah. <laughs> hey, so so um. Anyways, um. So while we uh, we cut for a bit because of some technical issues, um, Jimmy had asked me to elaborate a little bit on why I'm going with Bridge Live What, um. And so it's because like I have this artist name. And then I thought, I realized, you know, after I switched my Twitter account over to this artist name, I was like, well, this is kind of nice because it's able to, like, it helps me separate between my um, online persona versus my real life persona, which is important to me. Because I think it's really easy for you to get caught up in who you are online. You know what I mean? Well, I have all 150 followers on Twitter, so I don't know if I can get too caught up in much of anything. <laughs> Very small. I'm just a, I'm a real boy. I, I'm still pretty small time, too. But, I mean, like I've said before, and I think I've said this multiple times on every podcast I've been on, um, social media Sabbath is really important, too, because it's like I can then just be Clark Kent instead of Superman that I pretend to be online. Hey, wait, you, you just pretend to be Superman? <laughs> what color is your underwear, Clark? That was my false humility right there. <laughs> hey, so... Because, um, we, we all know that you really are the Superman. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. so um, hey, so... I, uh, you, ever, you, you ever go to, like, a concert or whatever, and, like, the rock star is all like, How y'all doing? How do you usually respond to that? I nod. Nod. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. 
I was like thinking, eh, somewhat okay. I mean, I mean, are we supposed to be honest at that point, or you know, are we just supposed to you know give the obvious answer of woohoo? <laughs> yeah. Hey, what if like you walked into you know you walked into <laughs> church and someone says like, how are you doing today? And you're like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I learned this new thing at a concert last night. Let me try it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I I was listening to some show and um, there was this guy said, uh, no one is saying this. I gotta say this. You guys ever get in that situation? Like even you know on social media, you know, without getting into politics, obviously, but. But it's like, um, no one else is saying this. I've got to say this. Yeah. I did that on my podcast today. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, a very hot topic talking about... Do you, do you want to reveal what the topic was? Why I hate Christmas festivities before Thanksgiving. <laughs> um, I, I, so I'm just, just so you know, I'm going to let my wife know not to listen to that podcast, so... <laughs> if, you know, I was recording it while my wife was downstairs watching Hallmark Christmas movies that she DVR'd. Ew. <laughs> All right. Hey, so, um, anyways, what I was thinking, I'm not even sure where I was going to go with that. Um, no one's saying this. I got to say this. Oh, I know what. See, I got a little ADD there. Bad. Um, I was thinking about how, like, that's what a musician does, right? Like, if I'm sitting there and I'm, like, playing bass, I look at where the gap is and figure out where I need to fill it. Like, as a musician in a band, whatever role you're playing, you look for kind of the gap, or sometimes you need to leave the gap, and conversation's often like that, isn't it? Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree. I mean, as somebody who also slaps the bass, ah. uh, I, 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 I totally feel what you're doing. And Jimmy, you slap yeah, the bank. I, I, I slap. I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what I slap. Like, uh, I, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't do music. <laughs> I don't. I don't do music. <laughs> hey, so, music is not in. Like when Gloria Estefan is like, the music is just gonna get you. I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy, you are like hilarious today. Your, your humor game is the bomb. Thank hey, you. Thank you very much. Speaking uh-huh. of humor game, today I um, had to talk. I, I had uh, sent an email. And you know when you send an email to someone that no longer is part of an organization? And you get that email back that says this person is no longer part of this organization. So your email has been forwarded. So I called up the person that it was forwarded to. And I said, hey, um, it looks like Allison no longer exists in your (laughs) system. And then I stopped and I'm like, I was just going to say Allison no longer exists. (laughs) And then we both had a laugh. And I had this realization that it is way more fun to make a stranger laugh than someone you know. It It probably takes more skill, too. Yeah, I think that's what it is. It's like, I'm legit funny because this person actually laughed and I don't know them. Yeah, I guess it could it's, be it, a nervous laugh, but I'll take any laugh I can get. Hey, it still I, counts. I, a laugh is a laugh. I like to make myself laugh, and considering I know the punchline to my own joke, that's pretty impressive. I love to laugh at my own jokes, too. 
It's like trying to tickle yourself. Apparently, I'll laugh at anything, too. Somebody had pointed that out to me. Um, hey, I had this idea. What if churches had a star rating based on how much Holy Spirit is present? I think John MacArthur would object to that. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. John MacArthur wait. would be like, no stars. No stars <laughs> for anybody. He, he, he would say, go home. <laughs> <laughs> go home, stars. <laughs> <laughs> Moving right along. <laughs> Oh, okay. I, you know, sometimes I write stuff down on the ADD master list, and it takes me a minute to figure out what exactly that means. But things to keep doing, things to stop doing. I was like, I think that's more like a brain check. Um, sometimes we have to kind of evaluate where we're at. Actually, I know what this is. It's, there's only so many things you can do, right, as a human being. So, like, like Jeff, you have your podcast network. Mm -hmm. I, I heard you talking on your podcast about how you're adding a ninth podcast, right? Yeah, adding on a ninth one. It's, 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 a, it's a handful. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. And Jimmy, you've got like, this is, this is our time to plug a bunch of stuff, right? Jimmy, you've Jimmy got Table. your podcast and <laughs> you help out with youth and right. you work at the Big Bad Bank. Right. So That's me. So you think about like all the things you're doing. Have you thought like maybe there are things that you should stop doing and then there's stuff you should keep doing? That's a good question to ask on the spot, hey? All right, all right. Like a uh, Dr. Phil moment here. <laughs> this is my, my, my Dr. Phil thing. So I need to keep being awesome because I do that really well. There you and go. To stop doing those things that you know interfere with my exceeding levels of awesomeness. There you go. I, I feel I feel like that's a very good uh, instructional uh, like you know one one two step program to uh, be, becoming successful. Yeah. Right. Yeah, if that's what you're into. I love success. <laughs> hey, we Tony. we we down here in the United States are capitalists, so we take we take advantage of all the success we can get. <laughs> That's why we like Tony Robbins so much. Do you guys have Tony Robbins up in Canada? <laughs> I was. Uh, I've listened to a few of his podcasts. He's had some interesting guests. But I, I do think, like when we talk about productivity, like in general in any society, you need some level of productivity. Um, you got to reevaluate and say, what are things we got to keep doing? What are things we got to stop doing? I think any organization needs to think that because there's only so many things you can do well, right? So. I'm thinking, you know, my NHL, you know, 18 team is really successful. And I'm like, I think 12 years into my seasons on it. It's an expansion team, the Seattle Ramage. They're amazing. But I'm thinking maybe that's something I could stop doing so much so I could focus on other things. I actually kind of did this recently uh, with Fortnite. Like I was getting into Fortnite because my kids were into Fortnite. But when I sat there and found myself sitting on the couch and my wife was asking me to do something, uh -huh. and I'd be like, hold on a second, got to finish playing this game of Fortnite. You know, that's not a fun conversation to have when you're 37 years old and you're telling your wife to hold on so you can play your video game with some strangers uh, yeah. on the Internet. Like, I, I, probably not the best husbandly thing to do. So I decided 
you know, to cut out some Fortnite because I was like, you know, this is kind of sucking out some other things that I probably should really be focused on. And even though it's a mindless distraction and I welcome mindless distractions, you know, maybe this one's uh, sucking up a little too much of my time because it was yeah. getting pretty addicting. And uh, just like, nope, I, I need to let this go so I can focus on things that are more important to me. What I'm trying to do right now is step up my productivity on all my initiatives outside of um, work, right? Um, because I'm, uh, I, I don't think I've mentioned on ADD Masterminds, but my idea for Air Smudge, and I think I told Jeff a little bit about this, but it's the idea of enabling other artists and providing right. free service to launch them so that hopefully they get discovered by somebody who is a real producer, <laughs> right? Yeah. And, and so, um, so because of that, I'm like, well, I've got some of my projects I want to finish up before I take on other projects. But um, I've decided, well, Monday's the Wax Museum, so I'll record that every when Monday. Um, I think Tuesday I have off. Wednesday is a writing night. So if I'm working on blogs or whatever, or if I'm reading someone else's writing and editing it, editing it I'll do it then. Um, and then Thursday's always music. So I'm working on a Bridge LeBois album right now. And then Fridays are ADD Masterminds. So, anyways, I'm just, just breaking it down. I'm like, okay, so those are my priorities. And then maybe, I don't know, we'll f see if I could fit any NHL 18 and outside of this. <laughs> well, I mean, you, 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 do, you do have to make NHL like priority. I mean, that, that, that is up there, right? I mean, you're Canadian. That's what you're supposed to do. My, my team needs me. Yeah, I mean, with, how are the with, Hawks? With, with, without them, they're, they're, they're nothing. <laughs> it's like far in the future. Like, I'm like talking, I think it's like 2032. <laughs> how are the Blackhawks doing then? Uh, not great. <laughs> oh, man, I suck. I'm sorry. It's like they suck in virtual game as they do in real life. That's, that's <laughs> so disheartening. Hey, um, have you guys watched Daredevil? Daredevil? Yeah, no. like the Netflix Daredevil. No, I just no. do the Flash. Oh man, Wilson Fisk is so amazing. It's uh, Vincent Donofrio. 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 <laughs> I'm I'm hoping if I say it enough times, it'll flow and I'll say it properly. Um, anyways, I like how he talks. Yeah. Enough said. I was going to do, like, an uh, impression, but it wouldn't have been that good anyways. I, <laughs> I was listening to somebody talking about um, how important eating together is. I know, Jimmy, you're a big fan of that. Um, right. I never thought of this before, but when you're eating, you have food in your mouth. That's <laughs> <laughs> usually how Crazy, it Crazy, huh? <laughs> I used, to have a, I used to have a bib because it didn't all stay in, but I, I kind of grew up from that. I do have to say, that revelation blows my mind. I know. Aren't you glad you came on the show, Jeff? I know, yeah. I'm no. learning something new. Okay, well, here's the thing, though. If you have food in your mouth, you cannot be talking. At least you shouldn't. It's impolite. <laughs> and that forces you to listen. Mm. And I was like, whoa. That's why we break bed together. It's a good point. Some next level stuff there. Next level. Speaking of next level. 
Have you, you noticed that on the internet, people will write W-U-T, W-U-T, to say what? Yeah. That's like next level what, isn't it? I was thinking, what the what is next level what, but... What the what would be next after what? W-U-T? You, you've not heard what the what? No. Is that like a southern thing? Oh. I, uh, I don't know. I think it's like... Something all the cool kids are doing. Teenagers are like, they're like, what the? Oops, I just dropped my crutches. <laughs> I don't oh, no. know why they fell, but <laughs> Jimmy, I'm okay. Jimmy broke his leg. <laughs> hanging out with the youths, and he couldn't keep up with them. Playing basketball, right? right? Uh, volleyball type game. They call it nine square, but it's basically volleyball. And I was trying to show them I'm not an old man. And I proved them wrong. <laughs> Hey, I was listening to an interview with the dude that created Dil- Dilbert, uh, something Adams, Scott Adams, Scott Adams, and he wrote a book, which sounds awesome, that I want to read, and it's all about loser think, which sounds like so crude, loser think, don't think right. loser think, guys, <laughs> and um, he said that like a lot of times people um, do single variable problem solving. Um, which could very quickly get us into a political discussion, which we don't do. But, um, so I thought, really cool analogy is, I don't know if you ever watched the show Nathan For You. Nope. A Canadian show? Actually, okay, well, he's a Canadian. Good guess. (laughs) Um, But it's an American show. It's on Comedy Central. Uh Oh. And uh, basically, he's this guy that comes up with half-baked schemes for businesses. And so one of the examples, one of the, one of the um, businesses he tries to help out is this yogurt shop that is um, not doing great. And he's like, you know what you guys need to do? And they're like, what? He's like, you need to come up with a controversial new flavor. <laughs> so he has this idea for poo-flavored yogurt. Kind of sounds like Jelly Belly with their disgusting jelly bean flavors. (laughs) (laughs) So so what he does is he calls up this place that does flavors, right? And he says, you guys say that you could do any flavor I want. (laughs) And they're like, yes. And he's like, you promise you could do any flavor I ask for. And they're like, yeah. And so they actually created simulated poo. <laughs> now, that um, is actually a really interesting experiment, right? Um, they actually did have a lot of people show up. But after, obviously, the experiment fails because long-term, it doesn't make sense to make poo-flavored yogurt. But I was thinking, that's single variable problem solving. You think that, well, we'll solve this problem, we'll get them attention, we'll get the attention for the restaurant, and that's what we want. But it doesn't consider the drawbacks. And so I was thinking, that's, that's what loser think is, right? You're not thinking about the whole gamut of things that are going on in a situation. Yeah, well, that, well like, that's the thing. It's like, I feel like, you, I feel like we have to be looking like, five steps down the road when, mm-hmm. it, when most, people, most people are just looking at the next step. And it's like kind of like you got to take a step back. You got to think, what would be the repercussions of this flavor of yogurt? Yeah. And then what would be what would be the next step? Yeah, exactly. 
And I, I think part of it, too, is that people want to avoid having cognitive dissonance. Um, to, to, only, to think one way, to think black and white about everything is easier. It takes less brain power. Right? Yep. And so we run into a lot of people that just think very black and white, but they avoid cognitive dissonance. Um, I was uh, listening to a podcast. This guy calls himself Blind Boy. He's uh, Irish. And he was talking about his anxieties. Um, and these anxieties were actually politically related. So I can't talk about exactly what. <laughs> I like how we're just like... <laughs> Yeah. We don't so talk about I feel like me saying here. don't talk politics is just like a warning for Jeff every time. <laughs> <laughs> I know, literally. Well, well also, I feel like what, what we're doing is we're telling jokes with a punchline. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we all know who the punchline is. It's you, the listener. Yeah. No. <laughs> okay. Anyways, so he was talking about like, so, so let's um, not politicize it. And let's say that um, Blind Boy has a loved one dying of cancer. All right. Really sad, obviously. Um, so he has someone who's sick and, and close to the end of death. And he said that cognitive dissonance in that scenario, instead of thinking black and white, actually becomes a coping mechanism. mechanism because what you do is you start thinking about other things, despite the fact that there's this sad thing in your life. And I was like, I never thought of cognitive dissonance as a coping mechanism, but really it is. And I think it also explains why we as Christians who believe in hell, believe in eternal conscious torment, and you know, all these like theological things about like how dire it is for someone who doesn't believe in Jesus are able to still live with people that don't believe in Jesus and we're not like you know grabbing them by the arm and say you need Jesus right because there's like cognitive dissonance is our coping mechanism so that we're not losing our freaking minds constantly well, that's why I try to get as much Joel Steen and prosperity gospel as possible so that like even though all these people are going to hell. At least I feel good because I'm rich and, and fat and, you know, numb to their future eternal pain. So, you know, that helps me a lot get through my day. The main thing is that I'm living my best life now. Absolutely. Hey, as long as, long as you have that big grin on your face, apparently you're okay. Man, that smile. He's got, a, yeah. he's got the used car salesman smile. I haven't even well, really listened to his preaching. I just see the picture and I'm like, that guy's trying to sell me a car. Well, well, here's the thing. Well, here, here's the, here's the interesting thing about Osteen, and, and I don't want to get too much into his looks because it could be, that can be petty and mean and whatever it is. But I do like he his always, hair. He always sticks his face on every single book, right? And yeah. he's always got that big smile. Yeah. But if but if you look at his older books versus his books now, he's clearly had some work done. Like his his smile is not quite the same as it was five years ago. I'm just saying. Maybe he'll start like looking like Jack Nicholson in uh, Batman. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. He's like turning into Joker. You know where I got these scars? Different story every time. Joel Osteen, come on. Uh, I don't know why I wrote these three words together, but they're kind of interesting. Diagnosis and personal 
personality types. Oh, well, that's kind of interesting because you, you think about like personality types and whatever the personality test is, um, you know, whether it's like insights is one that they do at the company I work at, um, whether you're a blue, green, red, or yellow. You guys ever heard of that? Yep, right. I've, heard, I've heard that. Have you? Yep. Um, yep. Jimmy? Yeah, yeah, I've done them as well. Oh, what colors are you guys? It's been a long time, but I, I, I want to say like a red or something. You're a red. So that's like <laughs> kind of short and to the point. Just give me what I need to know. I guess so. I, I think I'm also an Eminem 7. <laughs> a what? An Eminem 7. You know that new thing that everybody's doing lately? Did you the say Eminem? Eminem? Enneagrams. Eminem. Yes, Enneagram. <laughs> you said you said Eminem. <laughs> I'm an Eminem. It was a Eminem. delayed joke. He who last laughed is slowest. <laughs> That's so or good. Isn't that funny? Uh, what color are you, Jeff? Uh, if we're talking about the the colors being the same thing, I, I'm I'm a cross between a red and a green. Red and a green. So it's like short and to the point. Green is I care about you. Do you care about me? We we may we may be taking different tests with with, with the same colors but diff, but different uh, personality types. <laughs> so you, you're saying you don't have feelings, Jeff? Basically, <laughs> I don't have feelings. Yeah. So green's my top. Um. So I I'm all about the feels apparently. Yeah. Which actually see, matches see, see with in my, my in, enneagram. In, what? in my in in my test, that would be a yellow. So yeah. uh, clear, clearly we have different results for the same colors. Oh, well, damn, yeah. we're not speaking the same language. I, I, oh. I, I think we should, it, it get lost in translation in Canada, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> we just see color differently. <laughs> but, but we're not political. So um, anyways, um, what I was thinking, though, is like, okay, so if you're able to figure out what your personality type is, you know, whatever your tendencies are, it can actually work to be a, a diagnosis too, right? Um, so like I'm a bit AD, ADD, um, and that's why I'm an ADD mastermind. But knowing my personality type too is helpful. Because I mean, when you think about the drawbacks of your personality, um, that helps. I don't know. I don't think this is working. <laughs> what? what? Well, I, but 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 I think I think that there is a, there is a valid point to that in the sense of there's there's generalities that are you know strengths and weaknesses depending on your personality type that you know you take a look at your life then you fix totally makes sense. Okay, good, because I got a little lost there. Yeah, you see, you when need I take those tests, no, I take those tests. I when I take those tests, I I figure out what they're trying to test me for. And I answer according to what the results I want them to be. Oh, I know, right? That's that's so easy. I always wonder if I'm doing that whenever I do something like that. Yeah, totally. Like Peter Wagner's spiritual gift test. I'm always like the chief apostle. <laughs> that's awesome. All right. Hey, so you guys ever watch Recess? No. The show Recess? You have that in America? Not Apparently not in California. I started rewatching it with my kids, and uh, there was like it was like from the nineties. I think yeah, it was from the nineties. Oh yeah, I, I vaguely remember that show. Yeah, it's like the kindergartners. They're all dressed yep. like yeah, all painted yep. up and stuff. Um, but one of the things one of the kids does is like he realizes that like 
He wants to be able to say how bad things are, um, but he doesn't want to use like bad words. So he comes up with this this term, "womps," and so he's like, "This womps," and uh, he ends up getting trouble for it anyways, even though he made up the slang. That reminds me of the good place where like Eleanor is always saying, "What the fork?" <laughs> yeah. Oh, so good. I can't hey. say fork. <laughs> hey, hey, it's it's a good way to to get around those FCC fines in, in children's TV shows. So, there you go. What does FCC stand for? I don't know. It's just, it's just, to me, it's just it's just the crazy people that are constantly finding shows for being inappropriate. I think it's Federal Communication Council or something. Council shows that you, shows that you're smarter than I am. Uh, I could be wrong. I might have my federal communications. It's something they talk. Yeah. Well, his like he scored high in the intelligence test for acronyms. We use them all the time at the big bank. Hey, what do you guys do? You guys like psychology? Is that interesting to you? Sure. I'm very psychotic. <laughs> I, uh, I can't remember what book I was reading. Um, I read so many books this summer. Um, but there was a book that was talking about like um, emotion and logic, right? And um, the analogy that they used is that it's like your emotions are an elephant and your logic is the rider of the elephant. And so it's like your logic is directing your emotions. And I was like, that's a really interesting model. And I think we've talked about this before on ADD Masterminds. Like, I think, you know, a lot of times we say, oh, just be rational, don't be emotional. But I think there's a lot of instances where we're um, being emotional and we're not acknowledging it. Because basically, we're this rider on this emotional elephant. Mm-hmm. I think that's where most people live. I mean, I know just from my experiences in life, but it's like I've noticed the harder you try to convince somebody of something, the more they dig in yeah. and, you know, stick to what they originally believed anyway. And it seems like really the thing that often takes people over the the line into another perspective usually is the more emotional connection that they make. And maybe that's why some... You know, politicians that we don't talk about on AD Masterminds, but uh, or <laughs> preachers, or or even the, or even like you know pop philosophers that yeah. uh, like you know Carl Sagan and all these guys, they 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 give very emotionally compelling arguments. Um, but when you really actually sit there and think about the logic, it kind of breaks down. And I think most of us, like even you know with with uh, you know coming to know the Lord and stuff, I would say. You know, I didn't have a lot of solid arguments about why I was becoming a Christian when I became a Christian, but it was there was something very emotional and personal that was driving to me to to ultimately surrender to Christ, and it, it was it was that part of who I was, and not well. I've sat here and read all the apologetic books, and I've uh, made a decision now based off of some irrefutable evidence that you know demands a verdict. Um, you know. How old were you? Uh, I was about 16, 17. Okay. See, I was five. And I was scared <laughs> of <hell. laughs> 
There's my salvation story right there. But I mean, like, it, it, it's kind of like working through that, right? Because you get to teenagehood and you start to question things. And then right. the logical kind of comes in, right? Right. But there's still this emotional impact that my relationship with God has. And he has right. a grip on me for that reason. When did you come to Christ, Jeff? Um, probably junior high-ish. I, I thought- couldn't tell you... I couldn't tell you an exact age, but I'd say junior high-ish. I thought you were going to say, not yet. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this is awkward. (laughs) No. um, So so what brought you to Christ in junior high? Um, For for me, it was was seeing... So it was actually on on a mission trip down to Mexico when when I think everything actually clicked for me, where I was like, okay, this all makes sense because I saw these missionaries that we that we were seeing down in Mexico reaching these you know people that were you know it you know extreme extremely religious catholic whatever it is but bring them to true saving faith and i'm like okay this is like the real thing so for me i, I like like we're talking about a little bit i had all i had all the head knowledge that was like ingrained in me from like a young age right. but then actually experiencing something like that was like okay this is like the real deal very cool yeah, and I mean, like, it's like, it's like that whole, um, and I, we talked about this actually on ADD Masterminds before, um, facts don't care about feelings. It's like, well, feelings don't care about fact. And so when you actually are talking to someone who disagrees with you, and I think a perfect example is, is to consider, like, when you're sharing Christ with someone, um, you could share all the facts, but if there's no emotional connection for them, um, you may not, you may not have, you make any headway if you're not yeah. connecting emotionally. Yeah. Well, see that, that, that's part of the problem that I have with like some, some of the guys that I would, I would say are like, are in my camp, you know, I'm, I tend to be more Calvinistic and that sort right. of thing. And I, and I think there's this mentality of, okay, my job is just to come, I'm going to share the gospel and then hands off. God does, God does the rest, which theologically may be accurate, right. but at the, but at the same time, it's like, you're talking to somebody that if they don't place their faith in Christ, they're going to have eternal punishment. Like that, that should be like an emotional, like motivator for us to, to come into like, no, seriously, like we, we, we got to deal with this kind of a thing and try to relate to them and, and take every possible way that we can to bring them to saving faith, as opposed to just this very cold hands-off approach of I'm going to state these five facts about the gospel <laughs> And then my hands are up, and it's like, oh, you didn't place your faith in Christ? You must not be the elect. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I mean, the other thing, too, and I, 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 um, I, I think it was, a, it was a book I was reading where they were talking about how, like, there was this guy who had a tumor in his brain, and it was at the front of his head, which I think is prefrontal cortex. I'm sure I've screwed this up last time I did this on the podcast. <laughs> But, but they basically had to remove this piece of his brain. And when they removed this piece of his brain, um, he, like, they did cognitive testing on him and everything was fine. So they were like, well, he can go back to work. And so he goes back to work. Um, he misses a meeting with the client because he spent all day purchasing a stapler. <laughs> and it's like, what the heck? They do more cognitive tests. They're trying to figure it out. And they're like, huh, no, everything's normal. And it took, 
you know, him losing his job, losing his marriage, and they realized that what had happened is because they chopped out that piece of his brain, which is like actually the emotional part of the brain, which is kind of interesting because a lot of times, you know, when you watch shows like Dr. House or um, you talk about like uh, Sherlock Holmes kind of TV programs, you're like, oh, that's so cool. This guy isn't emotional, so he's completely rational. Wouldn't it be great to be that person, right? And so this is kind of like that experiment, but because he didn't have emotion, he was unable to prioritize properly. And so when we always talk about like, oh, you should be all about facts and not about feelings, it's like, well, if without feelings, you can't prioritize. Which is interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it, no, it is, and I, but but I think I think that the I think it's important that because I think I think what ends up happening is you have some people that are always all about facts, and then you got other people that are all about feelings. It's like there needs to be a happy marriage somewhere in there in the middle. Well, and I don't think the people that say they're all about facts really are all about facts because they are prioritizing things, and so their emotions are involved. And so if like let's say I'm a scientist. And it's all about the facts with science. And it's like, but you're clinging to things, you know, you're not considering the humans involved in this situation, and you're just cold and hard about the science. You know, like if you're Dr. House, great example. And he's like, I need to treat this disease. And it's like, but this is a little girl, and she is scared to death. You can't treat it accurately without actually calming her down. You know what I mean? Like, if he doesn't have that emotional connection, and maybe that's a good example, too. When you're talking about, like, that extreme Calvinist trying to witness to somebody, well, it's like if you're cold with your approach, you're not going to be effective, and you can't treat the little girl that's scared. Right. The inner little girl. <laughs> In all What's your us. inner little girl like, John? <laughs> you need to make a transition? <laughs> I'm so green. Not too late. I think they'll probably pay for it in Canada. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> hey, so um, I, I, I heard this somewhere, I guess. When something is overcomplicated, it's best not to under, overthink it. That almost comes, maybe that's the opposite of the cognitive dissonance. Because cognitive dissonance is where you're thinking about everything kind of at once, right? And mm -hmm. you're, you're kind of holding all these ideas at once. Um, but it's like there is like a point of being overwhelmed with overcomplicated things. And sometimes you just have to look at things one thing at a time. Yeah, no, I, I, t I totally agree. And I think, and I think that part of the... Um Part of the thing with that is that, you know, when things are complicated, it's like if you just take it one step at a time, you just take it one small little thing, eventually you'll be able to, you know, kind of unwind the whole complicated mess. But if you're looking at the big picture, a lot of times it's really easy to get overwhelmed. How do you eat an elephant? 15 bites at a time. I, I thought that I thought for a minute that you guys had never heard that saying before. I'm like, oh, it's a Canadian thing with all our Canadian elephants. You know, I was just thinking uh, Albert Einstein. One, I think it was Albert Einstein. I might have, maybe it's not. I'm pretty sure. Maybe, yeah. Okay. Uh, overthinking right now. 
Um, <laughs> but Albert Einstein, you know, said if you can't explain something complicated in a simple way, then you truly don't understand it. Um, yeah. And, you know, at least when I work at the Big Bad Bank, you know, that's been something that we have preached many, many times because it's easy to get stuck in the bank jargon and acronyms and all that sort of stuff and to sit there and hit people with all of our terms and then they're still looking over us and be like, well, I can keep my house then, right? <laughs> you know, and uh, you're not going to foreclose on me, right? No, you know, you just didn't understand the thing I was going to say. Um, and so they, they want us to make it so simple that, you know, when we're talking to, or when we talk to customers or when we write something on our notes that somebody who had no idea what we were talking about would ultimately understand what we were talking about. Well, that's, um, it takes humility to like bring it down to that level, right? Because we like to talk over people to show people how smart we are. And I, I just, I, and I'm like, it's funny Humility has been something I have been just like preaching over and over again <laughs> everywhere. And it got to a point where like my friend Emmanuel Marsh on Facebook was like adding the hashtag humble Howie. <laughs> like, oh, easy now. That's totally defeating the purpose of what I'm trying to say. I'm not saying I am. I'm, I'm trying to figure it out because it is a very complicated thing to try to understand. Far more, far more complicated, I think, than people give it credit for. Because it's just like, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, you just need to talk lowly about yourself. That's, that's not what humility is. Like, it's like humility requires having enough confidence that you don't have to show people who you are. You just are. Right. And then you're okay with letting other people shine because you have enough confidence in yourself that you... You've got nothing to prove to anybody. And so when you work for the big bad bank, you're okay with using normal people speak because you don't need to impress these people. I feel like that's a, that's a struggle, I think, with a, lot of, with a lot of pastors, especially when you get into the theologians. Uh, yeah. Look at all these Greek words that I know and look, look at all these big theological terms. And, you know, we'll be sitting in church and it's like, that went right over my head. There's this um, young guy I know who um, he's, he's, uh, he's got like quite a bit of theological training and uh, I had him over, he was helping me move and he's like, hey, can you, can you pass me one of those star screwdrivers? And I'm like, uh, don't you mean like the Phillips? And he looks at me and he's like, yeah, no, I, I know what it's called. I just didn't want to assume you knew what it was called. And I thought about it, I'm like, Holy, like I just, <clears throat> I just totally flipped out a term there to show him how smart I am. And I didn't even, you know, think about it. Right. And it's like true humility is being okay with saying the star screwdriver. That's a good way to put it. I feel, I feel like that should be like a t-shirt is like humility is being able to say the star screwdriver. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and not being the grammar Nazi. I mean, that's another yeah. thing too. I know you got a beef with the grammar Nazi there, Jimmy. <laughs> humility is dumbing things down for dumb people so they don't feel dumb no. <laughs> <laughs> stupid dummies dumb right. people <laughs> makes me come down to the level like I'm Jesus or something <laughs> me, me talk for dumb people on podcast <laughs> this is me incarnating what, what's that like um, you, you watch that episode of the office where uh 
what's his name? The big guy. He's he Kevin? decides to use less words. Kevin? Yes. Yeah. Why use many words when smaller words work fine? <laughs> oh, I um I heard somebody say this. Uh People are trying to define love from a broken identity. And I know that's something we would normally kind of apply to the world because we, within Christianity, have it all figured out. But I honestly think that we all do this at some level. So it's like, what is love? Well, if we define it from our broken identity... Um, we're going to have a flawed view of love. Well, I, th- I, think, I think it's really easy to define, you know, everything around based off of, like, our experience, which I think leads to all these different, like, theological positions and even mm-hmm. dealing with issues like love and, you know, that sort of thing is because every single person is dealing with their own background. And especially, too, yeah. when you've got today dealing with, you know, broken families and things like that, like, all of a sudden now, it, that that can easily warp anybody's view of what love is. And so it's like, eh, we got, we, let's, get, let's try to get back to what Scripture says because I think we all have to realize, yeah, we, we, we pretty much everybody in today's society, we all do have a warped view, I think. Well, and I think broken identity doesn't necessarily just come from hurt. I think mm-hmm. um, broken identity can come from being elevated wrongly. I think that there are people that are given power in the church that shouldn't be. Yeah. It's like the celebrity pastor, right? And I think we've been talking quite a bit on Twitter and about, you know, Christian celebrity. Christian celebrity has been such a big talk right now. And it's like, so why are we elevating these people? And I know for me, there was a period in my life where I was like, oh, man, Mel Gibson's a Christian. How awesome is that? That makes my faith legit. And I don't know why, but I needed Mel Gibson to make my faith legit at that time. And so then when he went on his drunken tirade and said a bunch of anti-Semitic stuff and really misogynist stuff, I mean, he, he called the police officer something ridiculous female police officer I was like oh snap and ever since then every time something comes up you know and we got like oh Justin Bieber he's doing he's doing worship services now I'm like all right cool I'm glad like that's cool he's giving glory to God cool Kanye West he's got his Christian album out okay cool yeah he can do that but I'm like I don't need those people to make my faith legit And so if somehow something goes wrong with them, it's like, okay, yeah, that's, you know, you you guys work that out, right? And it's like, I'm praying for them. Um, I hope that, you know, everything works out for them. But I'm like, I'm not, I don't need to identify with whatever movement they have. Actually, I put it this way. I said, I'm cool with Kanye coming to my church. I'm not ready to make him my pastor. And I'd say the same thing with Bieber. I'd say the same thing with anybody, right? It's just like... It's interesting to see the, uh, you know, the different aspects you could look at that from. You could look at that from 
like a very heavy-handed husband who is kind of chauvinistic towards his wife, um, saying he loves her, you know, in a very kind of cold sort of way. But you could also look at, and that coming from a very broken place, broken identity, but you could also look at, like, political movements that we've had in our country in the last, you know, 10 years or so where love wins, and that's coming from a, a very broken place, too. And But everybody's convinced, you know, be that the chauvinistic husband or the, the uh, you know, love wins crowd, like, you know, both of them believe they're the people who truly love, and uh, but both have their own sense of perversion about it. So, so how do we find the true definition of identity? How do we find the true definition of love? Good question. <laughs> Crickets. What's your answer? <laughs> My answer. I, okay, well, I always preach Sabbath. <laughs> that, for me, is formational for my identity. And so being able to draw back and be Clark Kent and be nobody for a bit, um, I think we need that in the presence of God. Um, knowing what love is, I mean, that's through reading your Bible and praying, right? It's like getting grounded in the Word, getting grounded in the presence of God so that He can demonstrate love because He is the purest definition of love, right? God is love. So it's like, let's get close to him. Didn't Joel, doesn't he start off his sermon saying, this is my Bible, I am who it says I am, and I can have what I said, something about having what he wants or something? I put it under my pillow at night. Right. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, but, 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 I, but I think even just dealing with like, you know, what is love and, and that sort of thing. I think, you know, it just in society in general right now, I feel like we have this warped view of like an emotional feeling of love when yeah. in reality, like when we look at scripture, you look, you look at Christ, like it says like this, this is love that Christ died for us. Mm-hmm. And, and I, and I think that we can, we can then apply that to our lives of if we truly love somebody, we're being, we're sacrificing ourselves for somebody else's benefit. And so, like, Uh that chauvinistic husband that's being, like, heavy-handed or too strong or too controlling or whatever it is, he can say he loves his wife, but he's not actually loving his wife because because he's not sacrificing himself for her benefit. He's sacrificing her for his benefit. Yeah, and I think, like, laying down your life can look a whole bunch of different ways. Like, sometimes laying down your life is just laying down your opinion. Sometimes mm-hmm. laying down your life is saying, you know what? I don't need to tell the person I know what a Phillips head screwdriver is. <laughs> <laughs> That's the definition of love right there, guys. Yeah. It's, it's, it's going with what the, what is it? What, what did we say it was? The, the, the star-shaped uh, screwdriver? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Star-shaped screwdriver. Hey, so um, we've got to wrap up soon here. But um, I, I didn't send you this yet, Jeff, but we have the Acme hot chocolate heater. Um, and it's actually got lasers in it. Um, Acme lasers is our sponsor. Um, which, you know, there's weapons, there's security systems, but we also have the hot chocolate warmer by Acme. Um, so we'll be sending that to you. Um, nice. 
anybody that's curious about this hot ch chocolate warmer, um, go to acme.com or acmelasers.com and um, I know that you have to use a specific type of cup though because sometimes the lasers melt the cup. That would be a great video. It's a totally <laughs> necessary invention. Yeah, it sounds like a good stocking stuffer for Christmas. Yes. Yes. Anyways, thank you, Acme Lasers, who has been supporting us from the beginning. All right, so Jimmy and Jeff, what's the best way for our listeners to get a hold of you? Which one do you want to go first? <laughs> <laughs> no, you first. Let's go with no, Jeff. You. We'll go alphabetical. Sure. So e e before e before i is is that some like kind of like spelling rule or something? Or? I, was, I was wondering how like yeah I was wondering if you were gonna be like okay wait is that alpha yeah okay I was starting to think both of the names start with J um J e yeah e before i yeah no. all of our hey. names start with J yeah yeah I know yeah it's it, it's pretty cool yeah so yeah so uh, yeah I'm I'm on uh, the socials mostly Twitter uh, tw Twitter's Twitter's my jam. But you can you find me at Jeff the GK, and uh, there part I I started a parlor, and I started a gab. Um, Twitter's definitely it's other social media platforms that are like alternative ones. I'm like these are popping up. I'll try it out. I'm like okay, and cool. I'll go back to Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like Twitter. Yeah. You can reach me, Jimmy Humphrey, at Jimmy'sTable.com. I also have links to Facebook and Twitter. I prefer Facebook at the end of the day. Like that's where I have most of my real conversations if I can. But uh, I'm on the Twitter web too. So check it out through jimmystable.com. Hey, thanks for coming on, guys. And thank thanks. you for subjecting yourselves to the madness of ADD masterminds. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, I, I experienced being ADD for the first time. So there we go. <laughs> How was that? <laughs> Oh, it, we'll say it's an experience. ADD <laughs> <laughs> Masterminds. There's a...